Welcome to episode 68 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I'm your host, Jesse Monroe, and today I have the awesome foursome with me, starring Simon Evans. Hey, hey. Keelan Simpson. Hello. And Sean the... Flawn. <laughs> I was going to say Sean the Pawn, but... I just, I just don't want to duck with it now. That's all right. That. That's, that's a new name. That's the intro. That's my new So you went with Flawn. Flawn. I panicked. <laughs> Whatever. I like. I want to see you host a show and come up with these <laughs> interesting names for folks. Uh, that's great. Thank you. Ooh. Whatever. When I shave hey, my head, on. a lot of people call me Johnny Sin. So I guess the name is suit. You're a Sean star. <laughs> That works for me. That, yeah. that was better. Hey, that was way better. <laughs> Sean Star. Yeah. Yeah, look. <laughs> proud of that one. Very proud of that one. Sean's like, Sean's like I fucking hate you all. I love it. <laughs> hey, last week we were calling you Sian. That's Sheen. true. Yeah. Hey, upgrades. Upgrades. Sheen. <laughs> upgrades. Side grades. You're like, a, you're like a, a gun in Fortnite. We're side grading you. That's it. Oh, Guys, God. how are we doing? How tired are we all? Good. Tired. Very tired. I'm so tired. I slept Me about too. five hours, but I'm surprisingly okay. Um, the so E3 has just sort of came and went. There's a few little stragglers still to come. We've got e, the EA Play event next week, um, and I, I I'm still lying to myself and saying that Sony will have a state of play by the end of the month, but that is just lying to myself. Um, but I, the the big night for us was Microsoft slash like Xbox slash Bethesda, then Squeenix, and then Warner Bros. Um, us being in Australia, we get all these conferences at you know fucking prime time times that shouldn't exist, two a.m. Mm. and such. So the the night slash morning of the Xbox showcase, I didn't sleep for twenty three hours, and it just hurt. Like, my body hurt. Good time. Ouch. Also, look, we're not going to go through each uh, showcase because we just don't have the time for that. We're just going to focus on a few individual games. But I wanted to say to all, all companies, publishers, that are looking at the 2022 schedule and wondering what they're going to show at E3, I want you to think, would this be better as an email? Use that mentality, because so many of these showcases didn't need to happen. <clears throat> We're looking at you, Warner Brothers. I stayed up for that goddamn Warner Brothers thing. Now, fair enough, they said it was just going to be Back for Blood. Fair enough. But also, don't just make it about Back for Blood. You could have just shown that during the the uh, Xbox show. You mean you showed stuff there anyway? Anyway, I'm going to write up a whole article about this because I'm I'm angry about nothing. At the same time. Congratulations to every single developer who showed a goddamn game off, considering they did it in the midst of a pandemic. E3 this year may have fallen a little bit flat in some areas, but it is still a minor miracle that it happened. So, I guess a, a lot of uh, disappointment was... You're going to sort of take with a grain of salt, I guess. Anyway, that being said, let's just jump into games. Yeah. Sean, I think you're up, up first. Yeah, I think there's a game you're quite keen on. Very much Battlefield so. 2042. That was announced on the Thursday. Sort of 
it was sort of the first big event yeah, they, off E3. They dropped a big trailer for it, which was cool, and then it was followed by the gameplay trailer. So, that Which we got at uh, the Xbox show. Correct, yeah. So yes. that game looks very cool. That comes out October 22nd, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, Battlefield has always, I wouldn't necessarily say competed with COD, but they've, not more so the last few years, but back in the day they did. And I think they've kind of missed a step when they went into releasing Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5. Now they've come out with this in a market that's saturated with Battle Royales and it doesn't appear like they're launching with one. They might do one later is the rumor. We don't know anything, but Battlefield have always been absolutely amazing at these big maps, 64 players or 128 players, which is what we're going to see. 128 now. I will mention that's only on next gen and PC. PS4, Xbox One X, unfortunately, don't have it. But it's still really awesome. And everything we saw in the trailer from them calling back to an infamous clip from Battlefield 3 when someone jumped out of a jet, RPG'd another one, hopped back in, all the way to showing the gameplay of rappelling across rooftops and then jumping off and going into a wingsuit through a freaking tornado. It looks amazing, man. So, like... Battlefield's a series. I remember playing Bad Company. I remember renting that for video easy. I really liked Bad Company was rad. And then I sort of lapsed in the series as a whole. Played Battlefield 1. Really liked the vignette style of, narr- of, uh, it was of cool. the story. I enjoyed it. I Yeah, I, I, I probably appreciated the single player more than most people I know. I know a few people were like, eh, about it. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Didn't play the last one because the numbering system is just getting confusing at this point. This one, though... It's like they just went, hmm, okay. We we try to get really serious. Oh, you know, a bit more of a sincere tone, I guess, with Battlefield 1. Let's go full Fast and Furious in this bad boy. Let's just go, let's just amp it up to 11. There are dust storms. You see somebody use, like you said, there's that infamous part where dude jumps out of the jet, blows another jet, the rock launcher. Somebody drives a quad bike off of, off of a building into a helicopter. It is just turning everything up to 11, and it looks goddamn fun. Now, correct also, me if I'm... Also, it looks goddamn pretty. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this also technically a prequel to Battlefield 2144 or whatever it was, or 2244? Get what the official name of it I was. honestly I don't, don't know. But games have lore. I, I was going to say, if there is a lore for Battlefield, which I'm sure there is somewhere, um, I think it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I believe it is. I mean, that numbering is no coincidence. Well, I mean... It's funny that you bring up uh, being a prequel because a big takeaway and something that is disappointing for me is there's not going to be any campaign. It's just all multiplayer. Yeah. So even if they, even if it was a prequel, I don't think you'll really you'll find it in any significant way. There may be some environmental clues um, to the other games, but so, other than that, like there'll be no story beats or like that. Yeah. Well, j- just a quick Google. Um, Battlefield 2142 is a uh, 2006 first-person shooter. There you um, go. So, yeah. I think technically it's a prequel, prequel, but I don't. it doesn't mean anything. There's no, yeah. no. no precedence um, for um, it to follow. So, I'm, I'm not a Battlefield guy. Like, I never have really been. But, I mean, the games have been okay. The campaign modes that I've played in the past... Yeah, it's been all right. Um, and I also enjoyed Bad Company a lot because they were very they were very different games to like the mainline Battlefield series. Hell yeah. Um, but the one thing that does get me excited about seeing the Battlefield uh, trailer is this is going to be the version of Frostbite that's powering all the games that we're going to be playing next this new generation that EA, EA does. 
and it Doug looks Cole. incredible. So this is like setting that standard. And for me, that gets me hyped as hell because I cannot wait to play the next Star Wars game using that engine with 128 players. What are you thinking ahead? I'm up for that. The next next Battlefront game to be announced is going to be very, very high. Take my money. Um, I, I like how they're just like, okay, so we have these massive mapsies, bunch of vehicles. What can we add to this? What's a what's like a random gameplay element to really put people on their toes? Uh, I don't know. Tornadoes, war tornadoes. <laughs> now I hope we, I I hope and pray that they have some sort of kill streak bonus. <laughs> Please, you control the you weather. Control, yeah. Hey, ask conspiracy theorists. They're controlling the goddamn clouds. Okay, they're seeding them and they're calling tornadoes. I'm all for. So a man on YouTube told me. I oh, like yeah. the near the near future setting as well. Yeah, like it, yeah. It's it just kind of like there's a little bit of reality in it, but also like just slightly out there, so we can do ridiculous things. And it like, but it yeah. still feels kind of like a little bit believable, kind of grounded, like most of the Battlefield games do feel. Well, yeah, like was- that sort of opening bit where it's like, oh, they're attacking and like they're storming the inside of this building. Like, okay, you know that that seems like a pretty standard yeah. modern setting sort of thing and then when they jump off the building and wingsuit into like in towards the tornado and the sandstorm and stuff and i'm like okay oh it happens it happens baby <laughs> okay like we watch the next games yeah i'm feeling it i'm like it yeah like i'm here for that yeah uh this looks my disappointment is i, I would have liked a campaign but other than that this looks absolutely bonkers doesn't it comes out quite soon i'll be getting it we'll be streaming it Done. Sean, teach me how to play FPS games. Yes, yeah, easy, please. man. I'm so bad at them. You click on the head. Um, Keelan, you did mention, you know, the semi-futurism of this game. And now I can't get it out of my head. There was a game around, came around, I think it came around the same time as Bad Company, I want to say. And I think it was a Ghost Recon game. It was like Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter or something like that. And you had um, like a, a robot horse thing that would follow you around. You could use this cover. It was called the Mule. Yeah, the guns that could bend around corners. Yeah, it could have been that. And Future oh. Warfighter or something like that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, no, maybe. I think it was Future. Yeah. There, there Man, bring that back. That game was sick. Or at least it was edgy enough that my teen self thought it was sick. <laughs> Never and look, it. I all roll with that. Um, okay, well, actually, before we go, as we go through each game, I just want a, a, a yay or nay. Are we, are we getting this? Yay. Nay. Yeah. Not for me, but... Yeah. Fuck yeah! Like, looks great. Not, not, not my cup of tea, but it looks yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, on to the uh, next one. I, I highly anticipated game. I was hoping to see a little bit more of this, but hey, we've got a release date, and that made me happy. Starfield. Um, Bethesda's new Bethesda's first new gaming universe in twenty-five years, which is crazy to think about. Absolutely crazy. So, Xbox showcase. Um, Xbox obviously recently acquired Bethesda and all the studios underneath that. And they came out, they brought Todd Howard out front and center. And it's like, hey, here's our Skyrim and space game. And I'm, I was pretty cool with that. We didn't see too much. It was just another CG trailer. It was more of just a, giving us a no. turn. All we found out from it is. Not CG. For, not CG. That was an engine. Also, it was, it was, sorry, sorry. I take that back. In-game it was, engine, it was yeah. the new engine, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you find out that you are working for a company called Constellations. They are the last spacefaring company. 
And that's all we find out. So um, there's a big hint that there'll be a lot of exploration. If this is ba- if this is a more tailored and more realistic looking No Man's Sky, Todd, also forgiven. I'm back the, on board. The only thing I want is to be able to eat that goddamn sandwich. I saw somebody on Twitter made that sandwich. As soon as the trailer came up, it's like, I need to make that sandwich. It looked delicious. That was yeah. a good-looking sandwich. Uh, but also, it is, yeah, it's the nicest... It's simultaneously the most appealing sandwich I've ever seen in a video game and also the most off-putting because of the fact that it looks like that's been left... Like, they've taken a bite out of it. It's Put space. it down and left it. So that's either going to be slightly stale or it's still going to be just okay, but you're kind of pushing it. Like Simon has just like embodied this podcast. It feels like this is the level of analysis we have. <laughs> this is how much I care so about my one food. One of the most anticipated games of the last like five years. Food that sandwich was yeah. a little bit stale, to be honest. <laughs> well, it would but be. I'm just saying. Credit a credit to the engine that we could tell that the sandwich looked a little bit stale. Yeah, because if they were using the old one, I would have I would have raged out. What do we think of Starfield? Oh, I man. want to see more. Yeah, I need to see what the gameplay loop is going to look like. That's like the primary thing for me. But with everything that we were shown there, all of this appeals to me in some sort of like primal way. Mm. It's like, it's it's really like scratching like a nerve inside of my spinal column. And it just makes me feel (laughs) like I need it. Like it's, it's the... The setting of everything. It's it's the design of everything. Everything is like solid. Yes. It's old, but it's also Thank futuristic. You. Yeah. It's realism in sci-fi. It exactly. is this is it's, not it's, like it's they're not things sci-fi. powered by lasers and shit like that. Yeah, it's, it's hard sci-fi. I it's love not it. Destiny. So mm. uh, it's not Mass Effect, you know, where everything's sleek and beautiful and everything just works fine. The ship was damaged and worn. The planet was dusty. That mech that you see a mech suit and it's like it's walking along, but you see that it's not like smooth. It is it's sort plodding. of janky yeah. a little bit. It's plodding along. Yeah. You're you're not the best sort of company out there. You're not working for the best company. You don't have the best ship in the universe. You're kind of just getting by. And Keelan, I think it's very hard to quantify it, but I think we have the, the, the same sort of want from certain games. Yeah. And it involves space, it involves exploration, and it involves being worn down. Because I, I, yeah. I want, I want it to it to feel like it's me against the universe. Like it is, I'm my only chance of survival in these games. I don't want this fancy spaceship pod thing to save my ass every time. It's like, nope. Exactly. If this thing breaks it's, down, I need to fix it. It's great. The thing that really like that got me where I, I like I started looking at those details is at one point you. Um, the camera goes by a shelf and there's a helmet there and the helmet that's says do not just, use it's i was fun. just about to bring that up it's broken yeah it's that's awesome i'm i'm so here for whatever this game is establishing and the level of detail that the engine is able to display now is like whew, we we are not seeing that kind of stuff right now with like cutting edge games so mm-hmm. i'd be really curious to see how this type of tech runs on, on the, the new consoles, um, I expect it to be kind of demanding. I want it to be because it's got to be scalable and it's got to be, it's going to be the engine that Bethesda use for everything going forward, you know? For the so next 10 years. I'm so curious to you, see what we see next. What do you expect this gameplay loop to be? 
Because they came out, they came out and said it's Skyrim in space. I, I, what I'm really hoping for is a a much more scaled down No Man's Sky. Have me explore planets, but make these planets tailored. I really hope it's not Skyrim in space because that will turn me off hugely. That would be For all the dragons. That would be yeah, the space dragons. So many fucking these, so many fucking cheese wheels in space. <laughs> but uh, Skyrim, it's definitely. I know it's dated now, but at the time, it definitely had this this feel to it of being a proper, you know, high fantasy RPG, um, and it ticked a lot of the boxes that I wanted. Um, this, I, I don't want any of those fantasy. Elements. Oh, no, I, no, I, no, I don't I, want the combat. I don't want the, hey, here's a giant quest marker right at the top of your HUD that you can't get rid of. That might be. Deal with it. That's going to tell you exactly which door to go through every time. No, I don't want that. I want to be put onto a planet and go, this is your objective. Figure out how you do it. I, w- I wanted to have that element of like, he, yeah, you're in this situation, you talk to people, they can help you, but you need to do something for them. And then as you do a job for them, it kind of just expands the story. Yeah, you start meeting a bunch of new people. Um, but yeah, I mean, so we're getting this, what, uh, November 11th, 2022. So 10 years after Skyrim released, which is touching. Mm. So, so you wanted to be more like Morrowind than Skyrim, but... Almost, yeah. Like yeah. I think, I think that's that's a fair comparison. Because Morrowind was kind of just like, this is what you have to do. Here's some general landmarks of how to find the thing. But other yeah. than that, but go. I feel um, like that would that would lend itself so nicely to this sort of game. I think anything other than that would detract from the overall experience. Because I want to get lost in worlds like this. I want to be yes. exploring. I want to be, you know, like ah. Oh, I'm going to just go and explore over this hill here because I don't know what's on the other side. You want that chance to bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, absolutely. You want to get yourself in trouble at times and work it, out if you can get yourself out. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I think the closest thing I can think of would be like when you're just exploring in Minecraft, when you're just wandering around and you're like, I'm just going to go explore for a bit. And the next thing you know, four days have passed, you've lost your house, you've almost been murdered by a zombie. And it's real life or in the game still. Kind of both. Kind of both? Uh, depends, depends on how adventurous you are um, and how much food you brought with you. <laughs> uh, well, I, I know what you're talking about, and it's the same feeling that I got when I played Valheim, where you can just kind of go off and do your own thing. It mm. doesn't give you any direction, and you can just go and cause trouble, get into trouble, whatever. Um, I just wanted to point out something that Jesse said that I think is really important. Please, no procedural generation. Just yeah, no, make, I, everything needs to be just purpose cra- made. Yeah, crafted. crafted. Have links to other yeah, planets. I want, all the, I want all the stories across that universe to be linked in some way. And that obviously need, requires some goddamn good writing. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, just, yeah. Uh, it, it. it needs to be very that's the, that's purposeful. The key. That's the key for me. Well, moving on to a game which I know Keelan has some... Um, Opinions on that will piss people off. Well, you talked about dragons before. You can talk about. We did talk about dragons. We're talking about Elden Ring, baby. Um, Look, Jeff Keighley, round of applause to you because everyone wanted to see more Elden Ring. I thought that Summer Games Fest was going to be sort of the flat show for the whole E3 week. It was not. He he got the big fish. Mm. Um, 
Elden Ring. We have release date, January 21st next year. A lot sooner than I thought it was going to be. Elden Ring being the new medieval Souls game um, from 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 Software. That's always really difficult to say um, in conjunction with George Railroad Martin from uh, Lord, <laughs> oops, Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones. Don't Keelan. insult Lord of the Rings like that. Keelan, go for it. What do you think? We'll do it. Uh, it was... Look, the trailer was good. Like, that looks pretty exciting. It looks like another From Software game. Yep, we're getting more of that. People want more of that. That's cool. But why does the character have wavy hair when you can't render wavy hair? It's fucking mm. square. It is, like, <laughs> angular, and it looks stupid. It looks shit, and it's distracting, and it takes away from the, the the amazing artwork and the fantastic presentation of the rest of the game. Why is it like this? And it's something that they use on, like, not just the character, but also a lot of the enemies and stuff as well. When it's used sparingly, okay, sure, that's fine. That's that's good. There are a couple character models in the trailer, which are boss characters, which it looks all right. But this brings me to, like, a bigger question an overall question about From Software and their design mm-hmm. philosophy and the quality of the games that they put out. They expect, they demand perfection from the player. They demand that you keep trying again and again and again until you get it right. They seem to be following that same sort of pattern with the games that they're making. They're doing the same thing again and again and again until they get it right. But they have not yet gotten it right. Bloodborne. Fantastic game by every single account. Metacritic confirms this, okay? But it looks like turds, and it runs like turds. Same thing with Dark Souls 3. Why does it look so shit? Why does it run so shit? It's unplayable on a base Xbox One. So you're asking your players to be amazing and perfect all the time, but you can't even patch your games. You can't even make them run correctly. That's some bullshit right there. Now, I'm not talking about the story. I'm not talking about the gameplay mechanics or anything at all. That's all all great, and the design is great, but let us see the design properly. This is a fundamental thing that sits, like, below that in the hierarchy of things that are, like, the the pyramid of importance to game design, you know? And if you're not going to get the fundamentals right, if your game's not going to run properly, why the fuck should I dump hours of my time into learning how to master your janky systems? Please, From Software, I hope that you get it right this time. I love... This is the almost controversial opinion for a while, Keelan, and I'm I'm here for it, because... Okay. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll tell you why, because there's a a dragon with four wings that summons a lightning bolt, and then it catches the lightning bolt and stabs it into the ground to try and kill you, and that's fucking cool. (laughs) I don't disagree. (laughs) Okay, that is cool. That is cool. But I think... This is one of those things where people, there is no consistency with how people judge games. Yeah. If other studios have a game that looks at this, people tear them apart. I think, now I could be very much wrong here, but the the vibe I get from a lot of people I've discussed these sort of games is because I'm not a big fan of kind of games where their main feature is they're difficult. It doesn't appeal to me. It's not for me. I I, I understand the appeal for others. Because when you... When you actually get past it, like that feeling of accomplishment is amazing. I'm just shit. And I'll I'll own up to that. But I also think that when you put hours and hours into a game, a hundred hours into a game, and you put tens of hours into single bosses, 
that feeling of accomplishment and kind of ownership that you have of that game, you want to defend it. So you're willing to look past its flaws. And I think that sort of uh, rhetoric around from games has kind of not pushed them. The gameplay and look, game, gameplay in Elden Ring is going to be amazing. The combat looks great. You have a horse that can run up into the sky. Why not? There's an old lady who's some sort of tree spider bag witch. I don't know. And both of um, those have square crinkled hair. Why? Yeah. God damn it. I'm not over it. It looks so shit. Um, Jesse, you're right. Um, I think there is an element of that. But I also think people can see beyond the flaws. And yes. they can see the, the quality that is there. Similar to like Bethesda games. Like there's a lot wrong with those games. Oh, there's God, also yeah. a, lot, a lot good about it. There's a lot to, to take out of it. And I think that's where it, where it is. But I just feel like there's a phil- philosophical like conflict between the quality of the game and the message the game's trying message to impart. Sounds, yeah. I th- yeah. I think part of the problem... I mean, obviously this isn't exclusive to Elden Ring and is encapsulating of From as a, as a whole. Um, but in Elden Ring's case, if they want to delay something to try and make it, you know, perfect, George R.R. R. Martin's going to get his mitts all in there and nothing's ever going to get finished. <laughs> ever. Take that. Take that, George Railroad Martin. You've been railroaded by Simon. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> George Railroad Martin. Which I, I, I heard somebody say on a podcast and I can't ever unhear it. Did anyone else, when you first kind of, you know, heard of Game of Thrones stuff, thought that he came from like a quaint little English town? He's from like Boston. Yeah. Hey, what? I'm George Rio Romano here. I love him. <laughs> he's a he's a very strange man. He's That's a strange why fella. He looks like he's he's got the out he almost always, whenever I see photos of him, he's got the outfit of a Boston crabber on. Like <laughs> he does, he absolutely does. Oh my god, that is perfect. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a deep dish pizza for man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next game that we saw. Um, this one uh, was the the finishing touch to the Xbox Bethesda showcase, um, and the the big new IP showing up showing off across all of E three, Redfall, uh, new game from Arcane, co op. Shooter, vampires, magic powers. Cool. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of cool. Um, yeah, I. Uh, the trailer was weird, but not bad. How so? Um, because it started off as sort of like a, it gave me Suicide Squad vibes initially. Yeah, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be that sort of anti-hero fuck it, we'll do what we want kind of thing. And then we get the, you know, the events leading up to that. And, okay, it's not that, but it still has that sort of element. So I don't know. Um, I actually really like the banter. That was my, that was yes, my favorite part of the game. I really like, that's, a, that's one of the things that kept me invested in that trailer was the banter. And I'm like, okay. I like this. I, I can see where this is going. And the combat sequences were really cool. I really but also they this. were like 
we didn't see any gameplay of it, so who knows how no, they're going to look. Exactly. Okay, so basically, it, it, the gameplay, oh, the gameplay, the combat areas, you're fighting against a few human enemies, and then some some zombies come, and then these long armed vampires. vampires. Because 2021 is a year of the tall vampire, and I'm all here for it. You fight them off with guns. Oh no, guns aren't working on the vampires. Let's use magical powers and abilities. Yeah, cool. Let's use our magic that we've. I've kind of seen that before. I, I don't think I can judge this game properly until I see gameplay of it. Um, the the character, the the way the characters bounce off each other is definitely the thing that kept me interested. In. And Great also, answer. Arcane. I mean, like, look, they make like Dishonored and Prey. They make they They'll make, make good a good games. game. Mm. They make uh, a. This uh, is gonna uh, be a good game. Could you imagine, guys, if like. The four of us got superpowers, and your superpower was that you can conjure a lift. I love gets that you to higher places. Like, like nothing. Like, like you can't do it in any like more convenient way. You have to conjure a lift and get into the lift and then go up to where you need and then to be. She well, also has a cool magical umbrella. She, her powers were very Doctor Who daggy, and I kind, kind of, of yeah. like because she's a really yeah. cool character. Super weird. And she has like a lift that she could use and a magical umbrella. Then, then you've got. I don't know, it's added to her character. She'd be, yeah, she I like summoned her. the lift underneath her and like let, like use that momentum to leap up the balance. Like Whoa. that was cool. This is one of those games that I'm going to wait and see. Yes. And if the, if the consensus is generally pretty favorable, then it is absolutely a game that I'm going to grab and play with some friends and dick around with. Because this is the sort of thing that I've been wanting to do with my friends for a bit whilst we're waiting for other games to get updates and all the rest of it. And we're like, oh, what do we want to do tonight? Oh, we could play this game, but we've already played that to death. Or uh, we're all kind of having a break from this thing. This is the sort of nonsense that I want to throw myself into because it's just the right level of charming and silly. My concern is the co-op shooter genre at the moment. It's very crowded. It's too it's much. It's very crowded. It's it's too much. I I, I I I actually kind of I'm glad they didn't show gameplay. There's games scheduled for sometime next year. Who knows? Um, who knows when exactly? If they showed gameplay, I would have forgotten about this trailer. I think because we saw that much other co-op shooter gameplay. This E3. Look, can it really be that different from the others? Admittedly so, this does seem to have more of a hero shooter vibe. I've got big Overwatch vibes in this. Definitely. Um, Sean, you were saying that it kind of reminded you of the uh, those campaign missions you get every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I honestly forget what they're called off the top of my head, but every year or so they do it. And I think they have done three now, but it's the same thing where it's like four people with abilities taking on hordes and waves of enemies, but... Has the that potential to be cool. has the potential to be cool, and like you said, this is a good game. You can sit down with mates on a couch and play for hours on end. If this yeah. comes out like towards the tail end of next year, there's actually a chance it comes out around Overwatch Two, which who knows when the hell that's going to come out. Yeah, well, um, it it could be going into a bit of a crowded market. It also felt like an odd cap to the showcase. Yeah, yes. I know you've got a few thoughts on that. Um. Uh, okay, Jesse, you, I know you're gonna be like, oh, uh, you're gonna come at me, but I just don't think that, that? <laughs> I don't think there's space anymore for CG trailers in our current like where we're at as far as like graphical fidelity goes. Like, you don't need to do CG trailers; you can do an in-engine trailer. Oh like no, I, I agree with did, that. For instance, 
I, think I that, agree with that, like, but we're in special circumstances this year. It tells me nothing about it. Maybe the game's in super early development and they're like, that's all there I is. I feel like it has but to be, yeah. If it's in early development, like, is this really the game that you want to cap your ma- your biggest conference off for the year? Like, why not cap it off with Forza Horizon? Because that was, like, mind-blowingly fantastic. Oh, my God, so oh my God yeah. I regret that. Was, I, I wanted to discuss it on, on the podcast today, but I'm just like, no, when it comes out, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about Forza. Oh, yeah. Because that. Oh, for oh, sure. Forza. I hate cars. Love Forza. Crazy. Um, I think, I, considering that, like, you know, with the pandemic working from home, just the sort of stasis a lot of games are in regarding development, um, I've got no problem that no gameplay was shown. But I, I do understand where you're coming from, Keelan. There, we're at this as a, a nexus point with how good games look there's no point showing cg trailers show us in engine because now we believe it when you say it because we've seen mm-hmm. games that look that good you know i'm currently playing ratchet and clank and you oh. can't it is seamless going from a cutscene to gameplay that is gone so we know that 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 can be done especially for a game with the, the art style of redfall it, it it will come out looking that good especially with you know arcane behind it. it's gonna be a pretty game it's, but yeah, I agree. It didn't. It didn't land with me. However, I did see social media really went off about this. They were very, very keen on it. So, hey, it may just be the game for me. Not a cop. Should a person. A, but. The the thing is as well is that I, I know you guys are talking about how the uh, first person shooter co op market is kind of flooded at the moment. Yeah, but also a lot of it is PvP, and I do not like PvP. I find PvP kind of redundant, a bit boring, and just not mm. enjoyable. Whereas something like this, where it's a fun PvE experience that I can mess about with my mates and have zero repercussions, that is something that we don't get as often as you might think. There are a surprisingly small amount of games that tick all those sorts of little boxes that you don't otherwise think about. And I that's, think that's why I'm, get, I'm I'm pretty keen on Redfall. Yeah, I think if you like the the co-op genre, and then you can suck into the nitty gritty sort of subgenres of it, like PvP. Yeah, PvP. yeah. But the whole co-op thing, like I don't want to work with people. I don't want to let them down. Look, this it's is a co-op pressure. podcast, and I let you guys out all the time. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the weakest link. Yet somehow hosting because I tricked you all. All yeah. right, let's move on to the next game. <laughs> I got you all good. Guardians of the Galaxy. This is um, half of the big showcase at Square Enix. Uh, look, I have thought I'm very conflicted on this game. So it's, I don't even know where to begin. It kind of looks like this could just be Marvel's Avengers DLC. But I understand why. The, this game was in development when Avengers was in development. So they can't really go back and learn lessons from Marvel's Avengers because it was too far in. There are some cool points to this game. So you, it looks like you control Peter Quill, but you also have the ability to give orders, um, orders to... Wait, there's Drax. Okay, Drax, let's also talk about the design here. Peter Quill looks... It's growing on me. Uh, Drax looks like some sort of, like, Kratos from the internet. I don't know. Is that some weird, weird, Windows 98 weird Kratos. Um... <laughs> Uh, Rocket Raccoon, Rocket Raccoon looks like he's going to a Kid Rock concert, but also he's Groot. a bit weirdly into that um, fake Viking culture that a lot of people are into with the little 
beard breed. Yeah, that, yeah, that uh, Then we've got uh, Groot, who... Yeah, sure, he looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, And then we have uh, Gamora, who looks very different to, I guess, what, what we expect Gamora to look like. To be fair here, I'm not a big Guardians of the Galaxy comic fan, okay? So I don't really know. These could be designs that are kind of going from the old comic book book history. Um, I I wish they just changed the art style. You're inviting comparisons to the MCU, and the MCU, quite fucking popular. (laughs) People seem to like it. So you're inviting a really unfair comparison that you simply cannot win. It happened when the Avengers came out. The gameplay looked... When, when Avengers were first shown off, it looked pretty boring. But the biggest deal was that cap looks weird. Why does Scarlet, uh, what, what's they call it Scarlet Johansson? Why does Black Widow look like that? Mm. All the characters looked a little bit odd, except for the Hulk, because you don't enjoy the Hulk one way. Um, I, I wish they could have tweaked this or just change it up. I think make you- it look more comic booky, like make it look fun and zany, because that's what Guardians are. Guardians is different. When Guardians of the Galaxy the, came in the MCU, complete breath of fresh air because they just went fuck it let's go comic booky with this like let's go weird let's have a big floaty head in space because who cares it makes sense when we've got to also recruit they can make guns out of legs like go zany with it give me some more fun here it felt a little bit sorry i got that real paint by numbers vibe from it mm. like we've got to do this contractually so let's let's get to it guys let's finish the work get it out of here yeah that's mm. that's a that's a very good um point actually that's there was an element i really liked though well the dialogue seemed sharp so there's dialogue options <sighs> and it seemed it seemed very guardians look you're not going to get it as as sharp as the mcu like, obviously that, that can't happen in, in a game like this where you have dialogue options it can't flow that well i got borderlands 3 vibes Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna just to cap it right there. I think the problem is, is that are oh, your dialogue choices matter in the That's same awesome. vein that your Telltale game choices matter? They don't. You play the same game regardless, um, and so. Oh, Rocket is going to be grumpy at you because you told Drax to throw him over the cliff or whatever. Okay, cool. How long is that going to last? When is that going to come up? It's not going to completely negatively affect my gameplay because you wouldn't have the balls to punish a player for making the wrong choice. Oh, I mean, not every decision is going to have these long impact. Absolutely not. And that's fine. But it's just at least the pretend weight of something being kind of important. Like, you know, something, just just something with substance. It may be too early to judge that part. We don't absolutely, know. Absolutely, absolutely. But I didn't get, uh, I didn't get, I didn't chuckle once. Yeah, that's um, fair. There is one thing I do want to see from comic book games and we're so close to getting it. It's, it's frustrating because we like, they've almost got it. And that is, I want to see the Spider-Verse done as a video game. That art style. That, like, that is a comic book that is brought to life. That yeah. is what I want to see. Like, I want not to that see exact art style, that, but that ambition. Absolutely. 
Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Yeah, like that sort of I agree. That yeah, that ambition, that premise as a whole, bring that to a video game and, and look, oh. instantly make the game a bit fun. Have it so you know it looks comic booky, and then you could have a narrator. You could have Peter Quill narrating the story, and it could be the whole thing of he's telling this tall tale to people because that's what Peter Quill's character does. Yeah. He's telling a tall tale to people, and they're correcting him. So the game changes. He's like, this monster was, I beat this monster was 100 feet tall. And then Gamora's like, no, it was like 3 feet tall. And then suddenly <laughs> yeah, in the game, it's, it's, it's like a little midget. That, you could have so much fun I'd, with that. I'd play that game. Can you write for oh, this I game? Oh, I would absolutely. I'm telling you, I should be running games. I'm wasting yeah, like, here. Waste on you, fools. <laughs> now, another complaint so I have before we move on about this game. And this, look, I want this game to be good. There are some elements in, in it that, that interest, it, it's interesting me more than Avengers did. But while this is cool, having special attacks that play music, because again, very Peter Quill-esque, he loves his music, so when you do certain attacks, music plays, cool, except for the people who want to stream your game. Mm, good point. Can you imagine yeah. the generic fucking shitty rock music <laughs> that's going to play when you got streaming mode on? It's going to be there so was bad. A, there was a lot of butt rock in the rest of that trailer. Was a lot so yeah. I'm not thrilled about what that's going to sound like. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to, I think, a game that we could... A few of us think was the highlight of E3. It's definitely up there for me. And Simon was very, very happy during last night's uh, Nintendo uh, Direct. Metroid Dread. Simon, how do you feel? How are you feeling today? You've had you've had a few hours to marinate over the Metro Dread reveal, uh, and, and the uh, the kind of uh, trick they played with Metroid Four. How are you feeling? This is, I think, arguably the single biggest reveal of the entirety of E three. I think my phone's going off. It is. I am not answering It's that. Nintendo calling you. They want to know yeah. what's in the check. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. it Metroid Dread was rumoured 20 years ago. Almost. What? Like, 15 years ago, it was... So it was in pre-production and there was hints to it in one of the Metroid Prime games and it was Metroid Project Dread is nearing completion and there was so much speculation surrounding it, it was super interesting and then radio silence for ages and we didn't know what happened and I remember watching a video like three years ago or something where someone's like yeah it must have just been something that got into pre-production then was canned to see them bring it back for the 35th anniversary of Metroid is insane and makes me so happy. This looks like it's going to be such a good, proper Metroid game. I'm so excited for it. Um, as somebody who I've played 20 minutes of Metroid Prime, that's my history with the Metroid franchise. I am so goddamn sold on this because of how creepy the enemy is. It's called, there's a robot. I believe it's, it's named E-M-M-I, Emmy, and it's chasing you down. Now, I've been wondering what the goal is there. So, Samus has a new suit and looks very different because some blue bits on it. Yes. I saw a tweet. I want to read it out. This is from um, at Rycaster. 
says, Samus can, uh, canonically has the last remaining remnants of Metroid and X-Parasite DNA in her body. So now she's the biological horror threat, which makes the lab clean horror aesthetic that much more prominent. This robot's trying to wipe her out because she's now, like, the monster. She has Creepy. the DNA of the monster on it, or of, of, of the parasite, whatever. That's so cool. The robot, Holy shit. Robot moves like one of those Boston Dynamics dogs. Oh, like, God, yeah. that robot makes me, me so uncomfortable. Ugh. I love it. GLaDOS meets General Grievous meets Mr. X. <laughs> this thing looks relentless. It's flipping over itself, and it looks dangerous. It kind of um, reminds so- me of um, that, that robot from, uh, what's that show called? Love, Death, and Robots? Yeah. Remember the, the episode where the guy stuck in the space shuttle with the cleaning robot that malfunctioned? With the green light? Yeah. And what it stalks around? It oh, reminds me of God. that. Like, I, I, I feel like if this thing catches me, it will exterminate me. Mm. It feels dangerous. And it was just a really cool vibe to get from it. Um, I have a so, question for you. Sorry, sorry. Why did it say Metroid 5? Because it's technically the fifth Metroid game in um, in sequential order. So what's Metroid 4? Metroid Prime um, 4? No. No. That's what's a happening? different so, series. So, so Met- yeah, Metroid Prime oh, is its own sub-series for the Metroid games. Um because they are so different to your classic Metroids. Yeah. So you've got the original Metroid, you've got Metroid 2, which is Samus Returns on the 3DS. If you can pick it up, pick it up. It's incredible. Yes. Um, Metroid um, Super Metroid is Metroid 3, and then Metroid Fusion uh, was Metroid 4. And that was the X-Parasite. Um, basically, that's where Samus's suit got largely destroyed, and... Blah blah blah. So At it's interesting. Did the gaming industry forget about numbers? Just They're no two longer respect games. But there's it's so Prime, unclear. First person, and then this Metroid. Hate it. Two D. They're so different. So different. Simon, I'm so fucking thrilled about this. Oh yeah, this um, game looks fucking rad. When I was in the uh, in, in the mid 2000s, when I was but a young man, I um, <laughs> played Metroid. Uh, fusion and I fell in love with it absolutely freaking incredible what a game I didn't know games like that existed at the time so it it blew my mind Um, because you can be so methodical about it and that just like Mm. that just ah you know like you you feel good about about it when you 100% a game like that yeah Um, same deal with um, Samus Returns on the 3DS um, so I've noticed, oh, like, some of the mechanics are, like, from Samus yes. Returns, like, yes. like, reflecting enemies that are diving towards you. But they've got new stuff, too, as well, like that cloaking mechanism, walking up the walls with the boots and stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Because when they add stuff to Metroid games, it, it's, like, it fundamentally changes how you solve puzzles or, like, figure things out, like, combat scenarios, that kind of thing. Like, it's awesome. It's always well thought out. I'm I'm really looking forward to this basically giving the term Metroidvania essentially reinstating why the Metroid part of that exists. Yeah. Because Metroid games have always been like Super Metroid is one of the most speed ran games in the world. It's like 
incredible to watch people sequence break it and speed run it and do all sorts of crazy stuff. But if you play through that for the first time, which you can do, by the way, on Switch, um, it's, it's fun and it's clever. And you sit there and you go, I can see a way out of this room that I can't get to yet. I know I have to come back here. And then two upgrades later, you go, is that what I need? I'm going to go back and find out. And sure enough, you go and explore this entirely different segment that you knew was there, but you couldn't do anything to get to. And that satisfaction of like, there we go. Now I feel stronger. I feel like I've accomplished something. And it's just that gradual buildup of power is just awesome. Metroid does it better than any any other game I've played. I've got a question Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Go. How did you feel about the lack of Metroid 4? And the way they just really offhandedly mentioned it. That annoyed me a little bit. <sighs> um, look, I I think they should have maybe done a little bit more than just say, hey, look, don't worry, we're still working on it, it's all good. Yeah, if you're gonna mention it, you kind of have to bring some but something. On on that note, we know that it's been a troubled development. We know that they've had to restart development twice now. We know that it has not been smooth in any capacity yes. whatsoever so i understand why they're withholding that because as with you know from software they are aiming for perfection and the problem with metroid prime 4 is that it has to be perfection or else it won't be good enough because you know expect it's the same with like a half-life 3 release if it isn't perfect, then the fans will go nuts and be like, ah, this was a waste of, you know, 14 years or whatever. Half-Life 3 could come out and be the perfect game and it still won't be good enough, people. Exactly. And that's the same thing that they're finding themselves with Metroid Prime But they're going to know that's going to be regardless. It doesn't matter what they release with a game like that, of that caliber and that sort of uh, history. It's just that highly regarded. It doesn't matter what they release. People, Some people are going to have complaints about it. Yeah, entirely. Just, just, just kind of do what you need to do. But also I mean, keep, I think it's important to keep fans loop. Look, come out and say, hey, this is delayed and now COVID made it harder. Mention that, look, I, any games that get delayed nowadays, I'm, I understand. Like, like I said, yeah. every game that was shown at this E3 was a miracle to get there because Absolutely. these developers are fighting through hell to, 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 to present stuff. So I understand why this is a bit of a, a slower E3 than usual, but just, I think just looping us in, instead of just offhandedly being like, it's still happening, but here's a distraction. It felt really weird to me because we heard Metroid 4 on the stream and we all got really amped up and then like, this isn't it. It's like, okay, yeah. by the time they explain Metroid Dread, pump for it. I, I, I'm going to pre-order this game. This looks absolutely sick. I have and, uh, already uh, pre-ordered uh, the collector's edition me. of this yeah. game. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I don't think, I mean, anything shy of them showing like hey look here's a little bit of gameplay wouldn't have been good enough if they'd shown a trailer people would be like oh is that it we're only getting a like, oh we're getting another cg trailer this is ridiculous um we the minimum that they needed to show for metro prime 4 to get away with it is more than they could confidently provide yeah, no, no, I, I agree and with that. I just would have liked a bit more context behind, like... Absolutely. Yeah. I think they should have said maybe a bit more and been like, hey, look, Metro Prime 4 development is 
going well at this stage or we have while you wait done- for that we have this Click yeah, like uh, Metro exactly. Dread. Something like that would have been a lot better than just Metro Dread needs Metro Dread Prime Four is happening, but also his Metro Dread. <sighs> now I just want a Dread game. Carl Urban's <laughs> Dread. Fuck yeah, <laughs> good film. All right, and the last big reveal of uh, V three. Not so much a reveal, just a bit more footage of a game we we know is coming out. We've anticipated coming out. Breath of the Wild Two which has a full name, but they don't want to release it yet because apparently it's going to give away some sort of... It might give, give something away. away. I, yeah. I, I think it's going to say... Oh, wait, no, you wouldn't have the word... You wouldn't have the name Zelda twice in it, would you? Mm. It's going to be called Breath... It's going to be The Legend of Zelda, Link's not in this one, and you play as Zelda for the whole game. I, it's going to be a hint towards playing as, uh, as, as Zelda, I reckon. I, I think she's going to be a real big part of the gameplay in this. Anyway... Look, Sai, you're a Zelda expert. What do you think? Um, look, I may have watched that uh, trailer ten, ten times by uh, ten o'clock this morning. You're gonna go blind, Simon. I um, I may have watched it three times last night before going to bed. Uh, it is full of everything I wanted to see, and yet it tells me nothing. It was perfectly crafted in such a way that I've gone, oh, that looks awesome. What the fuck does it mean? What like is the, that? Like the arm? Like the arm. Is that um, something? Yeah, and the fact that like at one point in the trailer, Link reverses time on an object. I just want to point that out. Uh, character designs, uh, like enemy designs, the moblins are slightly different. The longer ears, longer horns. They yeah, ride horns. around, and what are those big stone things called? Uh, the talus. That part where one of them blows a horn, and suddenly the talus comes out of the ground, and they have this yeah. like scaffolding campsite thing on top of it. It reminds me of the Oliphants from Lord of the Rings because we have to mention Lord of the Rings on every podcast. <laughs> it reminds me of that, like big, yeah. you know, you know, in, in two towers, the guys with the horn on it. It reminds me of that, like this battle became cool. Because one of, the, one of but, the complaints we've had about Breath of the Wild was the enemies. There probably weren't enough different enemies. This fixes it. I'm yeah, keen. And uh, there, there, there's lots that I could delve into and, you know, start to pe- like pick apart. But I think it showed me enough that I've... I mean, I was always going to get this game, but it showed me enough to go, okay, this is absolutely going to be worth picking up. This isn't going to be, you know, just a minor experience. This is going to be a huge Zelda game. So I'm very invested, very, very invested in this. Yellen, how are you feeling? Well, it's more Zelda. I never finished Breath of the Wild. I loved my time with it, but I felt like I had enough. And Hold up. Wait, it- does this feel like this is new information we're all hearing? Yeah. We have talk- spoken about this game a lot, and now you put out, I didn't even finish it. What the? No, I did most of it. I have I an did- ocarina here. I'm going to play you a song. I did three. Of the um, Divine Beasts. And after the third one, I'm like, I've had enough. I put it down and I just never picked it back up again. Um, This one looks a bit different. Looks a bit edgy. I like the flying or hopefully flying that they have. Dropping it where we landing, boys. That That looks cool. But um, overall, I I was about to say, oh, I'll wait and pick it up on sale. Then I remembered. Never gonna Nintendo, happen. No, it's never gonna happen. You're more likely to die of old age. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I don't know. I'm preserved on it. I, I haven't seen enough of it to know whether I'll pick it up or not. I saw a tweet being like, Nintendo won't re-release Wind Waker because they don't like sales. Like on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <sighs> Holy shit, put your games on sale, Nintendo. Fuck. Um, mm. Sean, did you get into Breath of the Wild much? I did. I was very fortunate. I just bought a Switch and I only had a few games. One of my good friends, Cameron, was like, have you got Breath of the Wild? I'm like, nah, I haven't got around to it yet because, of course, Nintendo games never go on sale. And he was like, mm-hmm. take this right now and play it. And I did not put it down. Yeah. Completely finished it's, it and loved it. It, so. it is a... You, it, it is sort of like the Shawshank Redemption of games. Yeah, I agree. Where everyone's like, it, it's a very basic answer to have it in your favorite games, but it's also kind of one of the correct answers. Exactly. Um, look, this is doing a lot for me. I, I didn't notice the time manipulation thing that you mentioned aside, but I did notice a part where he sort of phases through rock. <laughs> yeah, towards the end of the trailer. Climbing, I'm like, like okay. Yeah. The real edgy vibe of it. Um, it looks a lot this. darker and creepier, which I, I'm all about. Some of the like creepy-ish the stuff in Breath of the Wild. There wasn't much. When it did get a little bit creepy, I'm like, okay, this is like unsettling. Some of the uh, the uh, bosses were a little bit unsettling in their movement and the design. I'm like, oh, more of that, please, which we're leaning into here. Um, having the whole Hyrule Castle lift up into the sky and have all the stuff coming out of it. Now I feel like there's an actual threat. Mm. Because in Breath of the Wild, one of the things that does bug me, and it's just sort of part and parcel with these sort of games, is, okay, Zelda's in there constantly fighting, and narratively, there is a rush to go save her, but gameplay-wise, there is not. There is nothing you push in to go help her. You don't have to. You can play the whole game and just not bother with it, because there's still 500 hours of of game to, to play elsewhere. So there's no, the narrative really doesn't push you all that all that much to. In this one, it looks a little bit different. You're gonna look up in the sky and be like, "Oh, that castle's up there. That's not. That's a that's a reminder of what's going on, isn't it? I, I feel like there's gonna be a little bit more desperation and things. You sort of you've raised a point that I would eventually like to have a full on discussion about. But Zelda games have very often had creepy undertones. Yeah. in certain places. Um, Ocarina of Time had, like, Beneath the Well and the Shadow Temple, which were actually really creepy. Um, and Majora's Mask as a whole is creepy. If you want to be, if you want to feel like you're being pressured into doing something, play Majora's Mask. That's a perfect example, because I remember when, when I did the makes, um, <laughs> Halloween articles we did, of just, like, kind of, like, creepy enemies and games you don't expect creepy enemies to be in. The moon from Majora, um, from Majora it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's creepy and like and you you had the pressure of it like to coming toward you. It's like okay, I I'm I'm in a rush. I feel like there's a clock on me right now because I mean I there literally there is, is there, there is, is literally an omnipresent. Clock I need something like that in uh the whole time. So I'm curious to see how they're going to balance that. I mean, in terms of dark Zelda games, we've had Majora's Mask and we've had I guess Twilight Princess was dark in a way. It was a bit edgy. Um in I guess sort of a similar vein as to what I'm like I'm getting a similar vibe from Breath of the Wild too, in that it's mixing the edginess of hey look there's an apocalypse and also but it's a Zelda game so go cut some rupee like yeah, go cut some grass and get fun. some rupees like you know yeah like it's still gonna be a classic adventure romp but 
it looks like there's going to be just enough that I'm like, okay, this is... That's a weird enemy. I don't want to fight that. That's creeping me out. I don't want to go in that dungeon because I have a feeling I'm going to get murdered. Things like that. It's a very delicate balance because at the same time, you also need to have that sort of lighter moment so you feel like you're fighting for something. If everything's doom and gloom, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, why am I saving this world? You get, I'm going to ruin another game. I better give a major plot spoiler um, for a uh, old Far Cry game, but there's an old Far Cry, there, there is a Far Cry game where the ending changes how you view the the game as a whole. And it was kind of that thing. It's like, well, what's the, what's the point of it? I um, think if you want um, games that make you feel, like, again, go, talking about Zelda games, Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess both nail that aspect of it as well. In um, Majora's Mask, you have NPCs that are running and living their own individual lives on a on a schedule. You know that schedule, but they don't know because they are living in a time bubble that you have created. And so every day, um, you know, they'll be doing across the three days, they'll be doing the same thing. This person goes to have lunch at 1 p.m. on Monday, has lunch at 2 p.m. on Tuesday and doesn't have lunch on the third day. And you can go talk to them on that third day and, you know, get this quest and do this for them and that and blah, blah, blah. And you get to know these characters because they are living a Groundhog Day that you have set up. Okay, Scarlet Witch. (laughs) <laughs> what is this one division bullshit you pulling? No, I'm I'm being serious. Like it's it's cool. Like it's really really well done, especially for an N64 game as well. I want to point out, mm. like it's incredibly well done. And then with Twilight Princess, you start off in such a simple, nice, pleasant little area, and you form a little bit of a bond with, you know, the locals and the the kids, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm like the I'm like the cool older brother to all these kids, and then they all get kidnapped. And you're like, oh shit, (laughs) now there are some stakes that I am involved in and have an investment in. And partway through, like towards the beginning of the second dungeon, there's this huge climactic horseback battle in Twilight Princess. And it's awesome because you're trying to save one of those kids. Just one of them. Because you, like it is, I'm gushing about Zelda. You really are. You really are. I really am. They're not going to pay but, you any money or any <laughs> any rupees, if you will. You and your I, little now. Um, another one. I, I I'm going to regret throwing you more Zelda questions, but I have so much to ask you, and I'm, I'm loving I'm, I'm loving how excited you are. I am to for this. Um, the connection with Skyward Sword. It looks like there's a lot. They yeah. mention a place. Um, sorry, I can't remember what the time was called. Sky something. Skyfall. Why not? Skyfall. Um, the James Bond film. Will we go there? Is that a place you can go? Is that in the sky? I don't know anything about okay. Skyloft. So Skyloft was the, I guess, the the home base for um, Skyward Sword. The reason why they're re-releasing Skyward Sword now makes a lot more sense to me. Um, and when Link... Essentially, there's a few times where essentially Link will skydive and he was in a very similar pose in the Breath of the Wild trailer compared yeah, to Yeah, I've seen the comparison. I like that. It's quite sweet. Like, it, it's quite cool. And that um, immediately my brain went, oh, are we going to Skyloft? So Skyloft is basically a world that exists above the surface, protected by a barrier of clouds. And Cloud there are basically- for the protectiveness. 
It's it's a thick barrier. I don't, I don't fucking know. Uh, it's a magical thick barrier of clouds. All right. Don't oh. ask too many questions, or I don't know, you'll get smoked by one of the gods. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's one of those things that it's like okay, this is um, like it's a handful of islands that you can you know people. Are, it's populated. People live there. People have their lives and you go and do these things and interact with these people. So it'll be interesting to see if we go to Skyloft because it's supposed to be, you know, kind of high up or if it's just part of Hyrule is being lifted up and that's it. So that's, I, that's where a lot of the questions are lying at the moment. Hmm. Oh yeah. I think there's definitely going to be um, more direct to come focusing on uh, Breath of the Wild 2. There's a lot. I think we have a lot to find out there. But mm, yes. it's ticking the boxes right now for me. I'm excited. So that kind of wraps up for the for the big games um, that we saw. The Probably the one we want to speak about the most. But I do want to go around the room before we wrap up and just find out were there any other games, like small games that caught your eye? Um, Keelan, anything in particular catch you? Uh, it's the one that everyone talks about. I think it's called, is replaced. it replaced? I know you're going to bring it replaced. It looks Jesus mad. Christ. That Holy is, shit. oh my God. It just, it's blowing my mind. It, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't even know what the gameplay is really going to be like, but like simply from the art style, that just makes, uh, man, it's ticking so many boxes for me. But one thing that I did want to point out to everyone um microsoft sort of ran a a thing during e3 um they've got a shit ton of indie games that they're releasing um on xbox soon they've released demos for like 40 games 40 games have demos right now a lot of games and a lot of them are really good one of them which i would recommend everyone goes out to download the demo to just try it sable it's got a fantastic art style there's no real combat in it. It's just exploration. <gasps> and it's just, it's got a vibe to it. And it's got a soundtrack by uh, Japanese Breakfast, if that means anything to you guys. It doesn't to me, but I, I love it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> That's a so, I'm, I'm just hungry now. Give it, give it a go. Honestly, <laughs> Sable, um, you can get the demo on your Xbox. It's also coming out on PC too, so. My favorite Japanese breakfast when I was there, the camembert bun from Little Mermaid, the bakery at Hiroshima Station. God, Shout out so to Hiroshima nice. Station and Little Mermaid, friends of the show. Oh, man, it's so good. And there's also one in Kyoto, downstairs in the Yodabashi, and I was eating one, and this guy off the street, we thought he was trying to kill us, but he wanted us to correct his grammar because he was learning English. What a man. Aww. Oh, lovely, That's lovely cute. times. Sean, what else caught your eye at E3? Um, definitely Somerville. That's the little yes. game that's like um inside. Um, that looks really cool. Looks yeah. amazing. I really like the so tone of that cool. game. It's um one of the co-founders of Played It who made Inside. It's correct. Her new studio's um debut game. So there's a lot of Inside DNA in that. Mm. Um, oh, I could have worded that differently. Um, <laughs> but it's like Inside with more of a sci-fi vibe to it. Yeah. It, and and, and yeah. you, it looks like you're protecting your family. So you have a kid, you have a dog, and you have a wife. Um, that end scene of the, tra- of the trailer with the family sleeping, and then you hear something extremely menacing outside, and the kid wakes up and looks around and just like, is just detecting the danger around them. This is the game I was about to talk about as well. Somerville is, looks incredible. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah, Keelan and Sean, you took the game for them to talk about. I'm sorry, Jesse. Why did I go first? Why do, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> Simon, how about you? What caught your eye? Oh, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot that caught my eye. Um, talking exclusively about Nintendo stuff, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp is awesome. That looks incredible. Yeah. Advanced yeah. Wars was and still remains to be a massively underrated franchise. And if you have any sort of, uh, I don't know, affinity for strategy games, this is absolutely a, like a game you should pick up. These are incredible, incredible games. That being said, so, I am that person who likes those games. I've never played an Advanced War game. How old are the, how old are the other ones? It, will I like the older ones? Or am I better off? You know what I'm like. I'm very, very superficial. Um, am I better off waiting for the new one? Because I'll probably like it. The older ones do exist on the GBA. So it's that 16-bit pixel art style, yeah, which, you know, it, it still holds up quite nicely. It just, this just looks I'm a shallow great. person, like, but this looks mad. This is awesome. Like, we hadn't heard mm. anything from Advanced Wars for, like, 10 years at least. So, this is good. Also, just a little shout out to also the, the uh, Nintendo Direct. Super Monkey Ball's coming back. Yeah. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I, I, I thought that was going to be a bigger moment of the show. Uh, but that I'm was cool. I'm kind of glad it wasn't overall, though. Um, my. The game I keep watching the trailer for, and I don't think this is, this is not going to be the biggest game. This is going to be one that. Look, it'll probably come out, probably pass me by. Although it is going to Game Pass. As are a thousand different games. Holy shit. Game Pass. We need to do an episode soon because Sony need an answer now. They do. They needed an answer weeks ago to Game Pass because suddenly that conversation has changed. If, if I'm yeah. a parent and I'm buying my kid a console and I do the Xbox tiniest trailer. bit of research, it's Xbox. Because it's Game I had Pass. a friend ask me this week, what, what should she get? Because she, she could get either one right now. I'm like, Xbox. There's no... There's no, no argument there. Yeah. You get mm. get the Xbox. I mean, I love my Sony exclusives like God of War, Horizon, all that. You can go through it. But it's just such good value getting Game Pass. It, it, the, you can't beat it. The counter argument to that is if you have a PC or, you know, a somewhat decent laptop, then of course. I feel like the Xbox is null and void. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. It's, it's so more for Game Pass. It's a Game Pass machine. If you can yes. play Game Pass somewhere, Game Pass is a better yes. thing to buy right now than mm. PlayStation. If you have means to if, get your hands into Game Pass and then look into, like, Keelan prophesized last year, you sexy Nostradamus, you. Um, they're bringing it, they want to bring it onto, like, smart TVs as an app. Say, like, you know, like your Netflix and to your lesser extent, your stands. Um, they want to bring it, just bypass the hardware. And, I mean, yes. Holy shit, yes. That is... A whole new world. It'll be very yeah. interesting to see where they go with that. But going back to my sort of game that surprised me, I'm kind of pumped for it. Shredders, the snowboarding game. It looked cool. It looked relaxing. I like snowboarding. I'm garbage at it. Really garbage <laughs> at it. But I like it. It's fun. I, I, I like the yeah. snow. I like the scenery. I just like the relaxing nature of it as long as you're not falling over yourself. If Shredders is to SS. SSX, don't say that with a lisp, as Skate was to Tony Hawk, 
a bit more of a technical, methodical, um, grounded version of snowboarding. I'm in and I want to learn how to play it. It looks, it just looks nice and clean and crisp. Um, so, I mean, Somerville and replaced uh, my other two games. Also, Forza. Oh, God. F- fuck so me. So pretty. Holy shit. Gonna Forza. lose my what life. The, what the hell? House. To that game. Um, Shredder surprised me and I've watched that trailer a few times. I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to keep my eye out for. Hey, man, just um, booked a snowboarding trip because of that game, probably. <laughs> Look, if I can't go to Japan anytime soon and go to uh, Niseko, this is just as good I'll lie to myself about. Just on the note of um, things that are surprising, the um, Final Fantasy Origin. It's strangers in a strange land or whatever the hell the title is. Strangers of Paradise, thank you. Um, hold, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Don't be lording over this game with like... Oh. These names are ridiculous. You're too involved with the Final Fra- Fantasy franchise as a whole to be like, this name's ridiculous. All the names I, are ridiculous. I will absolutely agree with you on that. I'm not <laughs> arguing that point. That is completely valid and I agree. Um, yeah, supposedly the uh, uh, the demo is way more fun than the trailer made it look and is apparently actually worth a bit of a go. So I, I'm, I, I'll I may- be keeping a... Loose eye Are you going to download it? Uh, I will, actually. I'm going to download cool. it in a bit. Next episode, I want your thoughts on it, because I may do the same. I'm curious about mm. it. Um, I loved that such a chaotic game uh, and hey. chaotic trailer. When they dropped the uh, the demo, it was, it was corrupted already. Yeah. <laughs> and no one could play it for the full day. And Square didn't come out and say a thing about it. It's like, fuck's sake, guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Me to kill chaos. There's chaos. Yeah. We need a but also chaos. the the, the first chaos. the first six Final Fantasy games being given a remaster, Pixel Perfect remaster is oh, hopefully going to be fantastic. I worry about your phrasing there, Pixel Perfect, because that I've looked at the graphics and like the it looks ugly. Simon, um, there's a track record. That stretches I know. very far into the past. I, no, I know. I and know. I'm Kiel's. so concerned, man. I'm Th- so worried. That's the thing. I, it depends on the translation they use. It depends on the base of like the version of the game that they're going to use. Are they going to be, you know, updating Final Fantasy One from the NES with none of the quality of life changes from the PSP version, or are they going to be using the PSP version as the base? And it, all of the, there's a lot to get into with that, which I'm not going to do for everyone else's sanity, but it is, <laughs> I'm equally excited and anxious for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just quickly before we wrap up, speaking of that, the Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? And um, 6. And 6. Did you guys see the little clip from um, Mega64, from the guys from Mega64 going around? So it, it's them reacting to, to, um, to the stream. And, you know, they come out and it's like, Final Fantasy 1, two, and they're losing their minds. Like, holy shit, is this coming to the console? This is going to be the best. And then it says, coming to mobile and Steam, and they 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 are so heartbroken. It's, it's devastating. But the funny part is that Twitch, when they were getting all of their clips and, like, showing, like, how hype people were for E3, they cut that video. So all you see is the hype. If yeah. they were the second longer, you'd, be, you'd see them go, fuck! 
<laughs> it's so good. Uh, bit of a- I have a sneaky suspicion that Square are going to pull something where they're going to bundle the first three into a collection and release that on consoles. And then the second three as a collection and release that on consoles. Whereas they are releasing each one individually for um, Steam and mobile. So I, I think that's how they're going to do it. I think they're going to be a little bit cheeky. and that at all. Yeah. But that's purely speculation. And that's what we do here on Story Mode Video and Podcast. And if you want to hear more baseless speculation, ranting, complaints, <laughs> and Simon talk about Zelda until he goes blue. I would. I we are on Spotify would. and iTunes. So check out our podcast. We have 68 episodes. Holy shit, we're almost at 69, and that's pretty nice. nice. Subscribe and leave nice. us a review. Nice. Um, as always, big thank you to Fan Critical um, for all their support. Um, make sure you go check out their rebrand. They've got a bunch of new shows out. It's It's great make sure you follow them keep up to date with what they're doing um if you want to keep up to date with all the video game news storymodegaming.com there are breakdowns of all the big um showcases from e3 the nintendo one should be up when this podcast goes up oh i just gave myself a bit of time on that didn't i nice. if you want to follow us on social media at story mode AUS, which is the same place you will follow us on twitch where we record these live we also have a bunch of streams of various games we got a bit of fortnite we got a bit of apex we got a bit of ratchet and clank we got some final fantasy we've got a bit of everything it's a good good time um and of course if you want to support us on patreon just search for fan critical and uh flick a couple of coins our way and you'll get access to a bunch of bonus goodies but with that our e3 coverage is basically over i can rest <laughs> I can go to sleep. I can now. leave my body. I feel like Tony Stark at the end of um, Endgame, and Simon just came up to him and was like, You can rest now. Like, oh no. <laughs> I shouldn't have clicked Aww. my fingers. We should have got somebody else to do that. Like, we should have got Hawkeye to do that because who cares? Mm. Um, okay. Simon, Sean, Keelan, thanks for joining in. Hope you enjoyed your E3. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Everyone in the chat, thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys had fun. Now stick around. We'll have a quick chat about, you know, what games did you enjoy at E3? Why are you angry at Keelan's opinions on Elden Ring? <laughs> Bring it dive, on. dive into that. But thanks for listening. Uh, hope you had fun. Play some games. Stay safe. And we'll catch you next week. Mwah! Kiss for you. Bye. 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 Meow.